Get to know more about Clarksville Conversation host Katie Gamble on this episode. Hear Katie's journey from Arkansas to Kansas, her thoughts on leadership and service, and what it was about Clarksville that makes her proud to call it home. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. All right, Charlie, this is going to be a little different. Oh, no. Normally, when I'm on with you, that means Katie is on vacation or, or busy, but no. This is the Katie Gamble story, everybody. Oh my gosh, the Katie Gamble show. Help us, help us. I'm here. Help us, the little girl mm. from Pocahontas, Arkansas. Pocahontas, Arkansas, in mm-hmm. Northeast Arkansas. What in the world are you doing here? Let's start at the beginning. I ask myself that every single day. What are you doing here? Oh my goodness. No, because when we talk about... Clarksville's conversation. The commercial says, you know, Clarksville's filled with fascinating people with incredible stories to share. Yep. And and Katie has been one of those sharing the stories. But Katie, you have an incredible journey that has brought you from growing up in Pocahontas, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. to, you know, being a general manager and president of the largest media group in Clarksville for one of the most successful media companies in the United States. That's a that's a huge journey. Um, you know, it doesn't, it feels like a journey. I, I, I don't, I'm not that person that when I was younger said, oh, I'm going to have that job someday. Mm-hmm. It was just the things kept falling into place for me to be here. And, um, I don't really know where you want me to start. Well, you, you, you were born in Pocahontas. Born in Pocahontas. I started my radio career in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is also Northeast Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Um, fun factoid. I actually went to school for nursing. Yeah. Realized very quickly that I am not a very patient person. Yeah. (laughs) What was the moment when you were like, okay, I'm on this nursing path and this, I've got to change this thing to work for me. I I can tell you exactly that. I was doing some student nursing and there was this elderly gentleman that I was having to shave and he was telling me all kinds of stories about being in World War II. And I just remember thinking, I just don't know that I can deal with sick people because they're generally not the happiest people you know Mm -hmm. so i decided i wasn't going to do that so i actually quit school and went to south texas and lived with my dad for a little bit and when i came back to arkansas i didn't know what i was going to do with myself so i got a job working at a little local newspaper the star herald Mm -hmm. pokemon star herald it's a weekly paper and one day the radio station called me and said hey you referred to us would you um be willing to interview with us and true story um, they asked me to send my resume in and I was like 23 years old. I had, I mean, I didn't know how to mail a resume. So I worked hard on a resume, put it in a large envelope and mailed it. And it went to the owner of the company postage due. And he <laughs> hired me. Yeah. True story. He hired me simply because he thought I did that intentionally to get his attention. Really? That's yeah. Pretty good. So I got into radio. I accidentally, I fell into it accidentally. You're 23 years old and who at 23 knows that if you send a big a bigger envelope, yeah. you have to put more stamps on there. And most of the know. time, that would have ended up in the garbage or whatever. But through that... Well, let's be honest. Nowadays, we wouldn't even be mailing it. You'd be emailing it. That's right. You know? Exactly. We didn't have email back then. <laughs> so what, what was your first job in radio? I was a salesperson. And um, my first account I ever sold was a pawn shop. For real? Yeah. Do you remember the name? Yep. Jim's Pawn Shop. Jim's Pawn Shop. You mm-hmm. went into Jim's Pawn Shop. Your... 20 something year old Katie Gamble, you just, they just showed you how to sell and they taught you all that stuff. And you went in, what I've always been impressed with, with sales people in general 
is you have to be thick skinned because you hear the word no an awful lot. And people like me, when I hear the word no, I crawl up in the corner and cry. And that's why I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> but but when you when you went to Jim's pawn shop, was your first interaction a yes or was it no, after a string no, of no's? No. And I honestly don't think that you have to be a, have thick skin necessarily mm-hmm. to be a good salesperson. I think you have to, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's what Charlie does, Chris does, you do, you have to want to be good at your job. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be at the best at what you do, sometimes you will fight through those butterflies and all the anxiety to get the job done because you want to be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly, when I got into radio, just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. And I was passionate about it and I wanted to be good at it. And if, you know, I mean, all of you every day, probably there's something you do that you don't love about your job, but you do it because you want to be good at your job. Right. And that's kind of where I was. It wasn't, it's, I don't think it's thick skin. It's a desire to want to be good. Yeah. You wanted to be better more than you were worried about the rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, rejections never really bothered me so much. Um, Even, you know, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, the anxiety is going in, not knowing what kind of person you're going to meet. Yeah. And most people are generally nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are. It's, you know, every now and then you get somebody that's kind of a, you know, dirty person. But But it's all relationship building. Mm -hmm. Did you did you find out early on that you were really good at that relationship part of the business? I think so. And I think a lot of it is that, um, I think I'm a, I say this, y'all might disagree. I think I'm a fairly approachable person. So when I go in, I don't just go in like a salesperson, (laughs) you know, you've got to be observant. You've got to look around. You've got to see what's in the room. Like, do they have pictures of their kids? People want to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. So you got to quit talking about yourself and just ask them questions and they'll tell you their story. If you just observe what's around and if you can get them talking about themselves or their business, then, you know, that's the first that's the first thing that takes down that wall. So did did that make you fall in love with radio, or did you think that was just a path to something else that you didn't know about? I never, when I got into radio, thought I would be where I am today. Um, what I enjoyed about it was being able, I enjoyed the relationships, but I enjoyed being able to go in and talk to a business. Because, you know, these with these businesses, this is their everything. This is their livelihood. This is how they're paying, sending their kids to college, paying their mortgage payments. I enjoyed sitting down with them, figuring out what their issues were mm-hmm. and trying to come up with a plan that would fix those mm-hmm. issues. And that's kind of, I just, and, and it, there was nothing more rewarding to me than to go back and somebody say, oh, it worked. And that's a part I enjoyed, the creative process of it. Um, it wasn't even the sales. But then I quickly realized if you have a good creative process, the sales are going to follow. Yeah. You know. That has to be incredibly rewarding to meet a client. You, you're talking about, okay, why, why aren't, you know, what would you do to get more people in the door? What are your options? Mm-hmm. What are your obstacles you're overcoming? And to, to listen to them and craft a campaign mm-hmm. to come up with a marketing plan and to see that succeed, like to, to call and check on your client weeks later and you, all the goals that you had set out together are being achieved through this creative thing that mm-hmm. you've made out of your head, seeing it work. That has to be incredibly rewarding. No, I do enjoy that part. I really do. And you're good at it. Well, it's a, it's, yeah, it's kind of a passion of mine. And also as a sales rep. You know, I think because I was good at it, you know, there's a lot more bad salespeople out there than there are good ones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't go in and say, you know, hey, Charlie, what are we going to do this month? I would take them ideas. And I think that made it simpler for them. And that kind of made me stand out. 
And um, when I started rolling into being a my first sales management position, I had fallen in love with the business so much that I was just soaking it up and learning so much of it. So I just think that when it came time to promote someone within, I was the, the natural person. I think, you know, I'm probably jumping forward a little bit, but I think that um, skill that you learned doing that has helped you in our community, not necessarily only at your job, but at your commu- in our community. I've seen you work with local organizations that aren't necessarily looking to advertise, but looking to grow or be better for the community. And you've jumped in that role, whether it's the chamber or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and helped people grow, you know, just through your volunteerism versus sales. Well, I mean, if you're talking about some of the, a lot of the things that Five Star does with nonprofits, um, when I first got here, um, I knew very quickly that I wanted these stations to be part of this community. And I knew that if I wanted my stations to do that and the staff to do that, that I had to do that first. Mm-hmm. And um, a big turning point for me it was when Clarksville flooded in 2010 and we had just launched Clarksville Now, yep. which is, you know, part of being that creative process. And and I realized very quickly the power that we had to be able to get information out to people. Because not only did we have all these megaphones, we now had all this digital stuff. And I realized that this community had really supported us. That It's kind of like tithing. You know, if you're going to ask something from somebody, you better be giving stuff back. And so I I realized that the more that we gave back to our community, the more that community was supporting us. And so that was, you know, kind of a thought behind, you know, if we're going to, I don't want to just work here. I want to live in this community. So skipping steps a little bit and going back just a second. Okay. You come to Clarksville because you're, you're a competitor. Well, your competitor where you were in Jonesboro, Arkansas, recognized the talent you had. And when an opening came up in Clarksville for a general manager position for the radio group here, Five Star Media Group, it was actually your competitor that recommended you, right? Yeah, I worked for a company that was called, it was Clear Channel, which is now iHeart. That's Mm -hmm. who I worked for in Jonesboro. And my competition across town was Saga Communications. And a lot of people don't realize that Five Star is owned by Saga Communications. It's a publicly traded company. So when this position came available... Because I had competed against Saga, they called me and said, hey, we have this GM position available in Clarksville, Tennessee. Would you be interested in jumping ship and coming to work for us? And I was um, because um, I liked the structure of this company and I knew that I wanted to retire in this business. And if you're going to stay somewhere, you have to be more than a number. You have to be a person, a human being. And so came here, been with Saga ever since. That has to be an incredible feeling, though to know that the people that you're working against in, in a way every day think so highly of you that they want you with well, them. You know, I, I don't know that if it's, a, I wouldn't call it a good feeling, but it's a lesson for anyone. You have mm. to be a good competitor. I mean, look at Chris Smith and I, we competed against each other for years. You can compete and want to win and you can compete and beat each other. But at the end of the day, you're still just two people who are doing the best job that they can do. And um, just because you're competing against someone, just because they beat you one time, that should light a fire and make you want to go beat them the next time, not dislike them. You know, we can all compete and there's plenty to go around. But I mean, being a good competitor is important because I'd never understand why people burn bridges. They will always come back to haunt you. Yeah, It's true. You can be a competitor, but be a, a compassionate competitor, be a mm-hmm. respectful competitor, be a honorable competitor. Exactly. Exactly. 
So you you moved to Clarksville in two thousand seven. Right? Yes, yes. And then you you mentioned the flood in two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and you've been deeply involved in our community. Mm-hmm. So why what what makes you? I, I know the the part about work being involved, but why internally do you feel it's important to be to be so. Uh, to be connected. involved in the yeah. community? Well, I mean, it is important, obviously, for my business to get to know people. But personally, I wanted to, you know, I got involved in the chamber, got involved in the EDC and all the other things I got involved with because I wanted to be able to make a difference and leave somewhat of a legacy. I wanted to be able to, you know, know that what I was doing outside of here was making a difference in the community for, you know, my kids and, you know, your kids and Chris's kids. Because uh, we are at a point in our community where so much is changing. And, you know, also, I wanted them to be proud of me. I want my kids to go, you know, wow, my mom works hard and yeah. she's making a difference. You know, it's there's more than just coming here and selling advertising, earning a paycheck. There's um, there's so many opportunities in this community right now, especially with the way we're growing, to um, insert yourself. Because we all have so many different talents, right. too. And um, see where you can at. I don't need to be the person in the front getting all the attention, but I do like to I am an idea person. So, you know, some of the it's rewarding to watch some of the ideas and things that you brought to the table with some of these organizations actually happening and making a difference. Yeah. You know. Well, we're we're blessed to have you here for sure. We've become really good friends. We have through leadership middle Tennessee and the chamber and all Mm -hmm. that other stuff. And and I know that if if you're involved, something good's about to happen. Well, Charlie's always been very kind and been my cheerleader, too. <laughs> Which is good to have. It's always good yes, to have. Yes, he's been a very good friend to me. What I want to know is, I know this business. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in radio, and I've been working with you. We're working for you for the past 15 years. Why Clarksville? So many people will get in this business and hop around and move and find mm-hmm, the next big question. thing. And you've had opportunities to, to do such things. Why have you decided to make Clarksville your home and a place where you've raised your boys? That's a great question. I actually got a phone call a few years ago from a reporter, a magazine reporter that was in Nashville and picked up Q108. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he, he was very impressed that such a big market sounding radio station would be in a smaller market. And he asked me that same question. So why did you stay in Clarksville? Because in this business, generally the way you make more money is to go into a bigger market mm-hmm. and so forth. For me, I got to grow up in the same community with the same friends. And I didn't want my, I wanted that for my children. I wanted them to go to the same schools with the same people and, um, you know, be able to graduate and go, that was my circle of people, not have to jump and move. And I just wanted that stability for them. And also, Saga Communications has been very good to me. And I'm an overly loyal person. Yeah. And um, they've taken such good care of me. I don't, I could never just jump ship yep. and go do something different. Um, could I, um, I even, let's just say, let's say I went to work in Nashville. Yeah. My job there wouldn't, even though I might be making more money, my job there would never be as secure as it is here because of my relationship and role inside the actual corporation, Saga mm-hmm. Communications. And because I've been loyal to them, they're loyal to me back. So there's that job security as well. For you coming here and seeing the city and living in the city, was there something about Clarksville that you knew would be a good home for your, to raise your boys? Um, my very first visit to Clarksville when I came to visit the market, very interesting. I came from uh, across the river, mm-hmm. made a wrong turn, went up Crossland Avenue. And um, I remember getting gas on this little gas station right down here in the Red River. Yeah. So I did, my first impression was not the best part of Clarksville. <laughs> 
Um, but I coming into this building and meeting the people that felt good. That that's where I knew I needed to be. Um, I didn't right off the bat go, yeah, that's where I'm going to raise my children. But the more I got in here and the more I made friends and the more I got involved in the community, that's when I knew that I didn't want to go somewhere else. I've asked this question to other people that have you know come to Clarksville, mm-hmm. whether it's Coach James or or you know the the various coaches or athletic directors. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the most Clarksville thing now about Katie Gamble? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I should have been prepared for that one. I never thought I would ever yell, "Let's go pee." <laughs> never thought that I would. If you would have told me twenty years from now that's something yeah. that you would be saying or yelling, Mm-mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, believe it. Like what in the world? What, why Who would says you ever that? Say yeah, that? yeah. Never thought that. But isn't it kind of cool that you you got here? at a time when that wasn't even a hip thing to say, the university was not what it Mm -hmm. was at this point. So you've been able to see Clarksville grow drastically in 15 years. I mean, now we've got an arena that's, Charlie's got the logo for the arena on his, on his shirt for crying out loud. (laughs) This is a big growing community. You know, another interesting thing coming into this community in 07 was when you weren't in Clarksville, you didn't really realize at the rest of the world, the rest of the country, we, you really didn't realize there was a war still going on. Yep. So, but when you come to Clarksville, like I did in 07, you know that our soldiers are still out there fighting mm-hmm. every day. Those men and women are fighting for our freedom where, you know, unless you're living with that type of, with Fort Campbell and the, what goes on there, most people don't even really realize that yeah. all that stuff's going on out there. So that was kind of interesting to me too. Well, I can tell you, we're blessed to have you. And I love that you're my friend. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Katie. Great. I'm not show. going anywhere. Y'all stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.